Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Getters podcast. My name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbot. Now, this is where we get to beam the spotlight on the global best of best OKRs practitioners and leaders who have created an impact on strategy execution. Now, for those who believe OKRs are only about measuring what matters, it's time to rewire that thought. There is a magnitude of human and team dynamics that comes into play, which translates to everyday behaviors. And we're so honored to have with us Charlotte Stewart, Head of Human Resources, Standard Chartered Ventures and Innovation. With an enriching career in talent management, people strategy and culture, Charlotte is also a coach and facilitator to venture founders and leaders. Charlotte, a very, very warm welcome to the Goal Getters podcast. Thank you, Video. It's great to be here and I'm yeah, really excited to have the conversation today. We're absolutely ecstatic as well. Thank you, Charlotte. You know, our audience spans globally and there are OKR practitioners founders, leaders who really come together to look at how strategy execution can be made alive. So before we get there, we'd actually love to know a lot more about your backstory. You've spent a lot of time in very, very large enterprises like Expedia, RBS and Standard Chartered. So tell us a little more about how it all got started and how you got there. Uh, of course, happy to do so. So look, I kind of had no real clear plan, like um, probably a few people when they leave university about what I wanted to do. And I was very fortunate in that I was just doing a bit of work for a small pharmaceutical company and they gave me the opportunity to experience HR. And I actually found I was really good at it. And my boss at the time um, encouraged me to do my Chartered Institute of Personal Development exams. And, you know, after two years, you know, going to night school, I basically took that theory, if you like, and really pushed it out into the world of, of business. So I would say my kind of where I learned my craft was when I started at Honeywell Control Systems. And I, you know, learned everything and anything there was about HR. And from there, I moved to the city. And as you mentioned, I, I worked for Royal Bank of Scotland just over 11 years. And again, I was fortunate. My, I always think of about career as being opportunity and possibility. And I got the opportunity to work in Hong Kong, transitioning the business to the HR shared service model. Um, and from there, having been a regional HR business partner, I moved back to London um, to do a global role, you know, experimented in the world of learning and leadership and talent, ended up back in Singapore in, in 2010 and finished up actually with a very untypical mix. I was I was regional head of learning and regional head of reward by the time I left um, there. But that was, say, because I had a, a great boss who, you know, saw that I had leadership potential and needed somebody to, to lead the reward team laterally when they were without a manager. So I got that exposure to a very technical team when I had no um, subject matter expertise, right? And having finished there, as you mentioned, I went to I decided to experience the world of tech, move out of, of financial services and went and worked for Expedia just over three and a half years. And I think I had my favorite job title there, which was Director of Glow, which stood for Global Learning Organization. But I also then became latterly you know, head of HR for Singapore, as well as being the Director of HR 
for the lodging services um, part of the business or the platform, um, but also was involved in their location strategy around tech talent. So, you know, fabulous experience. And then I, I ended up in SC Ventures. I was approached about the role and it felt like I was culmination of the experience I'd had today, you know, building, you know, ventures, building startups in the world of financial services, you know, to me was, was super exciting. And I've been here now for just over two years. So, yeah. That's my journey so far. Extraordinary, Charlotte. And in fact, this is like a dream career for many who are growing in the field of human resources. Thank you so much for sharing that. In fact, I'm just going to zone into the point um, where you're currently with SE Ventures. And many folks who are listening in would also be new to how a venture capital firm runs part of a large bank. So if you could tell us a little more about you know, your current context, that would be wonderful. Cool. So I think of it as an ecosystem. We have, from, from an HR point of view, there are three distinct client groups. We have what we call the platform, which is your typical you know, business team supported by your functions. We then have the incubating ventures. And while they're still within the house and we're helping them to accelerate, to operationalize. Um, and then we have the commercial ventures. So this is when they are their own employing entity and they become, you know, they're still very much um, part of our tribe, if you like, you know, subsidiaries of the bank. And, you know, we still have that regular connectivity um, with them. And what we're really looking to try and achieve um, is A, to operationalize those ventures fast and well, but also then we want to enable them to have a really good understanding of all, you know, people, and culture-related practices so that once they become those commercial ventures, they're truly attractive to other investors and their CEO and board can be, you know, accountable and responsible, you know, not only for that business performance, but also for their people, their experience, their culture. So, you know, really what we do is, is all designed about taking that kind of ideation, if you like, of that product, that new business model, model and, and making it a reality in a full-blown, you know, a proper business, if you like, a grown-up business. Wonderful. And it's really unique to uh, the context that you're in. In fact, um, leading people in culture and strategy for the ventures firm is very different from that of a corporate organization. So are there any top practices that you believe is really important, especially when you take it to your portfolio companies, if you could share a little more about that? Yes, in terms of kind of leadership lessons, you mean? Yes. So I think, you know, the way that we are structured is that we're, we have um, work streams. And what we do is we basically focus on that, the neurodiversity of our team. So the idea is that we look at really how do we bring together the best of of our teams and you know focus on on driving results for those venture startups so you might have pull a team together you know from finance from legal actually from the business who have that that those networks those business relationships who can go and speak to clients can go and speak to to the internal bank network um, to really bring that all together into actually driving those kind of business results so you know we that's really what we're designed to do it's all about rewiring the dna and banking so we're focused on those outcomes to as i say to take that new product that new business model from ideation to employing entity thanks charlotte and it's really enriching because you're actually seeing the organization you know get incubated and into the market and then ready to fly so that's really wonderful to see you backing so many of them you know in fact it comes back to you know the point around um, how you actually started looking at 
OKRs because you've been an OKR practitioner in the past and we've interacted a few times on this and uh, would, would love to know a little more about how do you really think about OKRs in the context of SE Ventures and what are some of the success factors that made you embrace it as well? It's a really good, it's a really good question. I mean, I think we make it very clear when you're operationalizing ventures, there are two main objectives here and, you know, key results that follow with that. So the first thing that we need them to do is to focus on developing their product, right, or their business model to a point where it's attractive actually to the bank to invest, but then of course for others to come in and and see that as an investment opportunity. So that, and we will leverage different mechanisms alongside our OKRs. So it, you know, it has to be, the OKRs almost like the lifeblood of it, but you then have those key moments when we're testing and inspecting whether those OKRs are really working. Right. So, you know, are they really developing a product that's very client focused? Are they really developing something that, you know, is going to earn revenue? So so that's the first way that we we use OKRs. The second way for me is, and perhaps more of where I get involved, which is around actually building a business that can employ people and employ people well. So, you know, we look at how they work with the other functions, work with the likes of HR to then grow and develop and build that business. So there will be key moments that matter. And what we want to do again is make sure that we're delivering what we should be doing, but also that they are as well. It's like that true contract between each other. And, you know, I see OKRs as as being the mechanism, if you like, for allowing that contract to be articulated. So when you've, yes, you know, we all have the overall objective of of operationalizing the business, but then what's the key result that might team need to deliver? What are the milestones that we need to complete? But also there will be milestones that the venture leads, the venture teams will need to undertake as well. So ultimately we are, we're teaching them to fish, right? So we're learning um, together on on how they can drive their performance for themselves because ultimately they've got to be accountable and responsible for driving and measuring their own performance. So actually while we're, we're going along that OKR journey, with them, we're almost doing it in a very subtle way to say, and, you know, it's almost like see one, lead one, teach one. They actually need to ultimately, we attest to say, are these venture leads, are these ventures ready to be a people employing entity? And one of the ways that they demonstrate is that management of their performance, the management of their OKRs. Do they really get it? So there's a few kind of aspects where we really build OKRs in into our kind of way working. Thank you, Charlotte. And you know, the extraordinary part of what you just shared is that you've been sustaining OKRs for more than about three and a half years. And many organizations actually start OKRs and then they pause it. But there's something different that you've done in your context. So could you share a little more about how you actually sustain OKRs? quarter on quarter, year on year. We'd love to hear more about that. It's interesting. I actually, in Expedia, I experienced a point to, to your you know, example, point where they, they started with them and then they paused them and then they restarted. And I think what we found in Expedia was it was very top down and you know, it was very much and every good intention, it was designed to drive performance. But actually what I think is different about SCV 
ventures is because we are set up by work streams. You know, every single work stream has a set of team OKRs. But in addition to that, we're also required to contribute to those org OKRs. Every individual member needs to be able to clearly know what they are delivering at any one point in time. And it's all visible to everybody. So, so there's that transparency element. And at the end of every quarter, you could click on somebody's name and you can pull down, you know, what their recognition has been and, and what they've contributed. And we take that into account as part of a continuous performance review. So when we're sitting down and having those quarterly people forums and discussing people, we're actually leveraging the data um, as one of those key data points. It's not everything, of course, but and I think it's that ability to constantly reference it and constantly be using them to to support and and really, as I say, in the way that we work, it's that lifeblood aspect and you're referencing them all the time. You're calling them out every time we have a business review. You can clearly connect OKRs to business scorecards. So I think it's that regular reminder to people around, you know, how they are performing and actually them having, you know, effectively they're the ones writing their OKRs. They're the ones doing the weekly check-ins. They're the ones calling out others in those recognition tools or calling out where they've had setbacks or, or learnings. So I think it, it shouldn't be, you know, a case of I'm the workstream lead and therefore I'm the one constantly updating, you know, the system or constantly calling out these different aspects. It's it's for the whole team to do. I think that was the change, if you like, that I saw, the, the, the lessons that we learned from having done it before when it was a top-down approach versus actually everybody sees themselves as being responsible for delivering their particular objective or key result or, or milestone or a mix of all of those. Fantastic. And you're so right, Charlotte, it's not a peck order as you know, you rightly said it's not top down, but it's really about getting all teams involved in the process. And then, you know, teams write their OKRs, they're so much more connected to the metrics that they've selected. So, I, you know, complete thumbs up on that to you for sustaining OKRs. You know, in fact, many HR leaders also think about OKRs in the context of their functions. And, you know, especially when it comes to DEI initiatives, are you looking at OKRs very specifically or is this something that you do to overlap OKRs with your people initiatives? It's a really good question. I mean, I mentioned around neurodiversity in our team. So natural, you know, we're organized by work streams that focus on business outcomes. You've got to have that right mix of people around the table to solve those unique problems. You know, whether it's growing a venture in a new market or in a unique way. I mean, I have to say, I learn I learn something new every single day. We happen to have some key people OKRs, you know, org OKRs linked to our scorecard that focus on female talent, that focus on actually that diversity and inclusion results. We have a um, an annual employee survey. We're able to measure diversity and inclusion index, and that is all about making sure that people have that voice around the table. So I think because we've built those into our scorecard and are calling those out, there is a an interest to keep 
you know, diversity and inclusion at the top of our agenda. And, you know, there's always work, I think, that can and should be done, you know, whether it's highlighting being an ally or making sure that very simply in in, in certain meetings, if you're hearing somebody being a little bit or or not necessarily saying something or, or look like they're holding back, it's just calling that out. So I think you can go right from the the, the actual measurement of have we got that diversity in the team through to actually just ways of being that says you are are being diverse and and inclusive in your thinking. And perhaps that latter one is a little bit softer, but just in terms of the way that organisations are set up, the values, the operating rhythm, if you like, should, should you know, make sure that you continue to be diverse and inclusive. You know, there's a saying, you know, just as uh, when you were saying not everything that counts can be counted, not everything that can be counted counts. And so you're, you're so right because there's so many intangibles and going back to the point on human and team dynamics. So the behaviors that you just called out, the softer elements, which you always can't measure, but it's something that you want people to display. I completely um, second what you just said, Charlotte. You know, coming to you know your favorite OKRs, you know, especially when since you've been writing OKRs for a long time now and, and coaching teams on OKRs, is this something that you truly hold to your heart context to some of the most important OKRs that you'd like to measure and improve? And some examples around I mean, that. I think what's interesting, so, so as I mentioned, a lot of our focus is on improving our operationalization machine. So if I think back to when I started this journey, you know, back in 2020, you know, somebody described it to me as, well, you'll be, you know, you'll be flying the plane while building the plane. And, and honestly, that's exactly what it feels like. You're, you're flying the plane while building the plane, actually while you're redesigning the plane. And so what I would say our focus on okay has been in the past was really improving that operationalization machine. And the reason why I would say they were my favorites was because you could literally see yourself improve a part of the machine. And then the next quarter, you'd see the impact that would have on that operationalization within the venture. And so I think, you know, now we're beginning to see a shift where we actually want to make those commercial ventures more successful. So we're moving, you know, we don't execute HR in the commercial ventures, we move to that advisory model. You know, we're almost like the external consultants coming in and, you know, looking at their business with a fresh pair of eyes. So I think where I would like to get to is, is you know, now how we can really look at how maybe leveraging things like the KPIs um, alongside OKRs, I think would be great, where we can actually track that month-on-month progress and have real data. I, I love this phrase, you know, be when you're you're kind of really leveraging data to use your business judgment. I think that's really important. But, you know, as I say, we, we have um, measurables like female leadership population, you know, being at that high level, and we make sure that that's being tracked. I think it's actually seeing the tangible impact of your of your OKRs. So, you know, as I said, at Expedia, we had one linked to, to a talent program, and we actually physically saw female leaders then, you know, being promoted as a result of being part of this female leadership. Well, it was actually a broader talent program, but we made it designed with female talent in mind. And so I think my favorite OKRs are when you can see the impact that your, the business impact that your work has. Thanks, Charlotte. In fact, uh, you know, going back to the point on KPIs and OKRs, because you said everything needs to be measured. And what we've also realized is that there's this little dance between 
APIs and OKRs. And I, and I think that's what you're also trying to get together in terms of how do you really drive those business outcome metrics at the same time, keep your eye on the ones which are most important to run the business as well, which is where the KPIs come in. So love, love what you just said, Charlotte. And you know, we're going to uh, go for a wrap with a rapid fire round. So are you ready for it? I, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Give it a try. Okay. Awesome. Charlotte, your favorite business book? The, you know, I'd, gosh, there's so many. I think I'd, I'd have to call out in this context, Powerful, you know, which was around building a culture of freedom and responsibility. And it were oh, for those of you that don't know it was all around the, the pillars that make up the Netflix culture and I think the reason why I call it out here is because it's you know they do talk a lot about everybody knowing what the goals are and how they contribute and then there's that element of mistakes and, and learning is encouraged you've got that kind of open and transparency in communication but also I think it's having those really brave conversations you know adult conversations with people around how they really are performing Forming, you know, removing that personal nature, but focusing on making the person better and translating that to better performance. So yeah, that would have to be my favorite in this context. So we're definitely going to recommend that to all our listeners. Shan, a quote that inspires you or a role model who inspires you? So I have to call out my father in this instance. So he's been a huge inspiration in my life. You know, he's so positive, um, always, uh, you know, has this ability to focus forwards, but he has this natural curiosity in others. So he taught me that everyone has a story, has a view, you just need to listen. And I think that's a really important, a, a life lesson, if you like. So yes, I have, have to call him out in that in that context. That's inspiring. Thank you, Charlotte, for, for sharing that. And and you know, in, in fact, what you just called out is also a quote that I'm going to put it up. Uh, you know, on uh, you know from what you had just said. So that's wonderful, Charlotte. When you're not working, you would rather it has to be you know being with my family. We have we happen to we're very lucky. We have a house by the beach in back in England, and I'd usually be cooking something they, mm. they, for when you know everybody's come back in. They're usually cold and hungry for mess around in the sea so yeah that's what I'd be doing if I wasn't working picture perfect thank you and your advice to people and culture leaders who are looking to embrace OKRs yeah so I would have to say focus on the KR part to start with now what does that result look like and are you truly able to measure it and and my second piece of advice would be make sure your team understand the role they play in achieving it and have those good milestones so you know I always get my team to play back and it really demonstrates that they know um, what they're going to be doing you know what they're going to be actioning and, and how they contribute to the broader team deliverables thanks charlotte that's great advice and thank you so much for spending this time and speaking to us be sure this podcast is going to be very very enriching to many many listeners across the globe who are looking to not only embrace OKRs, but sustain it and also bring some amazing people practices into their company. So thank no, thank you, Charlotte. you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Charlotte. And you have a wonderful day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>